let's put it in a very simple way. Cryptocurrency is a digital asset. That means you own it, you can own it, you can trade, you can buy, you can sell. It means its value can go up and it can go down or it can be a plateau or uh, just a stable in terms of price. Yeah, bottom line, cryptocurrency is a digital currency. Welcome to Where the F Am I Heading? The podcast where meaningful conversations take place as we traverse the complicated life of adulthood. If you feel lost and troubled, our show aims to help shed some light on your life's concerns. Join your hosts, Ruth and Irene. Let's talk adulting. In today's episode, we are going to talk about crypto, the basic and maybe some advanced information about it for the beginners or those who are interested how the crypto works and how to invest and how to buy all the process. Yeah, so our episode today is entitled Cryptocurrency, What's the Real Thing? And our special guest for today is actually a financial literacy advocate and he has a platform, Money Views by Rodell. And he is my professor back in college so, so happy to reconnect with him. And it seems like it's forever, but now that we're reconnected, I'm going to learn something new from him again. So without further ado, I want to welcome Sir Rodel Domingo. Hi, sir. Hello, Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. Glad also to be uh, reconnected with you. And thank you, Irene, for uh, inviting me over on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And I'm glad that the topic is cryptocurrency. And this is the future of financial uh, industry. So yeah, let's take it on. <laughs> right, right. So before we proceed with the topic itself, can you give us a background about yourself, your work? All right. So to cut the history short, <laughs> you mentioned that you were my former student. I was teaching back then in the Philippines as a marketeer. And then uh, later on, I joined a global financial services company in Dubai. And I've been based in several countries. From then, I never stopped doing stock trading during those times because I used to be a stockbroker, a licensed stockbroker. It all started there. And I think it's in my blood. And then here comes cryptocurrency. I mean, this was like, start, it started like 10 years ago or even 12 years ago. At that time, it was on its inception. So curiosity and then I followed everything what's going on. So at the same time, stock market and then cryptocurrency on the side. I am doing it on a personal thing, like personal investment, while I have my, my main, my, which is my job. So I think it's in my blood. And then a few years back, cryptocurrency, like it was adopted by a lot of people, a lot of institutions, and even in more than 100 countries. So I can say that there is something in here and a lot of drivers have moved to this surge and, you know, from awareness to adoption. And it's good. This is the topic today because it's really, really a must to have everyone to be knowledgeable about cryptocurrency. So I just want to ask a question before we go really farther, right? So uh, can you tell us what is a crypto or a cryptocurrency? All right, let's put it in a very simple way. Cryptocurrency is a digital asset. That means you own it, you can own it, you can trade, you can buy, you can sell. It means its value can go up 
and it can go down or it can be a plateau or uh, just a stable in terms of price. Yeah, bottom line, cryptocurrency is a digital currency. That's the simplest term. It's just that it's digital. You don't hold any physical asset. Unlike the fiat, which is, you know, the currencies that we were born with, you know, these dollars, pesos, euro, mm -hmm. you have the, the physical thing. So this is fiat. So mm -hmm. it has to be produced. You have to keep it somewhere or you can, you can feel it. You can touch it. Crypto is a digital asset in other words. And why crypto? Because it's from the word cryptography, which is a digital process of making a crypto in a database. Mm -hmm. So what's the purpose of crypto? If we already have a fiat currency, what's the purpose of crypto? The main purpose of crypto is to make the financial, the financial environment decentralized, meaning from one person, you can transfer it to another person without intermediaries like banks, like institutions, like central banks. It goes from one person to another person. It's decentralized. Unlike the, uh, the fiat currencies, money, it's centralized through central bank. It controls everything. It regulates everything. And then for you to have a cash, it has to go through different intermediaries, financial institutions or banks. In this case, it's not. The main purpose is to make it decentralized so that people from everywhere in the whole world Wherever you are, as long as you have the, the access, you can transfer one crypto to another without intermediaries. Another thing is you can buy products or services without intermediaries. It goes from a crypto holder to this company, the provider of products or services directly. So you eliminate the middleman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since it's decentralized, who's in control of the supply of crypto? Okay, the, the developer, they have what we call the blockchain. It's simply a technology that keeps all the records. It's called blockchain because there are codes that are developed in a block and then it's chained to another mm -hmm. block. So it's encrypted. You cannot hack it. You cannot reverse the process. So it's highly safe in that particular blockchain. Nobody takes care of it. It's in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about this one. So yeah, we have a code and all of that, and then we call it cryptocurrency. But where do the cryptocurrencies get their value? Yeah, it's by market force. Meaning to say, for example, 12 years ago, Bitcoin was like, $14. It started $14. At that time when it was introduced in the market, of course, of demand and supply. Nobody knows about it. No one has ever adapted when it was launched. And then slowly, when people learned about Bitcoin, some of the risk takers who wanted to invest, they bought, you know. So by market force, the more buyers, the tendency is for the prices to go up. But the thing is, Bitcoin has limited supply. So there is a scarcity. So when after it was introduced in the market and then later on, mid-2000, well, a lot of uh, digital platforms are into market now at that time where you can trade Bitcoin. So a lot of crypto and Bitcoin investors started to come in. So when a lot of buyers are coming in, the tendency of the price is to go up. So it's being pushed by the market. 
So it's market driven. Wow, that's that's really interesting, isn't it? And and it come a long way. Yeah, and then simplified yeah. form. So that's why it's really great to have Sir Odell here because he was in the market or he's one of the players early on. So he understand how it works. So how did you get interested in crypto? You mentioned earlier that because you also have a background and, and stocks, but or who influenced you to get into crypto? But actually, nobody influenced me. As I mentioned earlier, I think it's in my blood, you know, the investments. And because of my background in financial industry, I have to keep myself updated. So I, I need to learn what's going on in the financial industry globally, mm-hmm. in different regions, in different countries. And what's the trend? And at that time, the trend was digitalization of financial industry. Before you have to go to a bank, before you can open an account, yeah. before you can deposit. And then during those years, there was, you know, digitalization is a big thing in financial industry. And in parallel, crypto was introduced. And some of the banks and financial services were also into it, like trying to learn more about it. So I was there at that time. I was, you know, so curious about it. I have to learn it, not because it's part of my job, but as an individual investor, I I need to know the ins and outs of it. What are the types of cryptocurrency out there and what is the most important type? So we know Bitcoin, you already said Bitcoin, but I know they're making more and, you know, they're developing more. Yeah. In fact, there are more than 6,000 cryptocurrencies in the market. Imagine that. But not all those 6,000 are real thing. Not all those 6,000 have good performance or really fully developed. So just like in my YouTube channel, I mentioned that you go with, of course, you can have the top 10. You can have the top 20, top 100. But the top 10, which will give you the, the best performance, that's why they make it to the top 10. And it all started in Bitcoin. At the time, it's called Bitcoin, not even a crypto. So after Bitcoin was introduced and it was adopted by a lot, and then a lot of coins were introduced in the market. And they, they are called altcoins or alternative coins because they don't want to, you know, to be like everything is Bitcoin. No, Polkadot or AXS is not a Bitcoin and other crypto. So they want to be separated, you know, not to be associated with Bitcoin. So they call it altcoins. So thousands were introduced in the market. So you mentioned that there are like top 10s and 6,000 other coins. How can you identify what is the best one or a good one to invest into? Number one is the market capitalization, meaning this is the total value of the crypto. For example, Bitcoin is still the number one. Mm-hmm. Second is Ethereum. So when you speak of market capitalization, simply called market cap, this is the total value Meaning the current price, you multiply it to the circulating supply in the market. The circulating supply, these are the coins that are digitally on hands of the investors or the holders. So you just multiply it, you get the market cap. That's number one. So the higher the market cap, it makes you on the top. And the the higher the price is, the higher the market cap goes up. And then second is the adoption. It can mean in, in different ways like, how many markets or how many digital platforms are these coins available where you can trade, you can buy, you can sell, you can exchange? Are they ad- already adopted by this exchange or decentralized exchange? And then, uh, of course, thirdly is yung, uh, performance. 
performance in terms of technology when you buy when you sell when you exchange can you do it quickly performance in terms of the price like is it highly volatile is it is it stable so those are the three components in choosing what are the best cryptos in your own opinion like personal what are the top five that you're comfortable with when you're buying of course we have bitcoin we have ethereum we have solana we have polkadot i have so many favorites this <laughs> choose five the other one now my favorite is <laughs> dogecoin uh, i thought axi no axi is also my favorite dogecoin axi and shiba inu Those are the tokens that have a really good structure and and everything based on the list that you mentioned earlier, the third categories. Yeah, actually, in one of my contents, I have this top 10 cryptos, but th- those are based on fundamentals. Fundamentals meaning market cap, adoption, and uh, technology. But that's being conservative investor. But if you are speculative, more risk taker. I go for Dogecoin, Axie, and Shiba Inu. There's another one coming in, which is a Safe Moon, but adoption is very low. Defi Pet, but it's still in the development stage. But you watch out. <laughs> yeah. So you know, this week everything is like up, right? You have a saying in in the stock market: you buy low, sell high. So how about in crypto? When is the right time to buy? Especially now, it's all high. We think it would go down or the thing in crypto it's highly volatile for one reason there are sectors that are against it there are sectors that are neutral on it there are some industries or countries that are into it mm-hmm. who fully adopted crypto so it's a mix second is cryptocurrency trading is 24/7 you can buy you can sell you can exchange 24/7 imagine the buyers and selling transactions unlike in stock market you have certain period of time where you can trade stocks normally like 5 6 7 hours a day so that's why crypto is highly volatile and then there are also other factors especially the central bank and the government of different countries like some are against some are not so lately it went up because of two good news one it was announced by the fed chairman jerome powell he announced that they will not ban crypto in the us and after a few days it was announced by the sec chair of us that yes confirmed they will not ban cryptocurrencies they will not follow china it's like in a, in a forex as well if there's any announcement or major events it can affect the movement of forex am i saying it right yes exactly exactly the same and then also there are also other factors that contribute to up and down like some influencers like my favorite Elon Musk you love Elon Musk yeah is Elon Musk influence over cryptocurrencies a problem i don't think it's a problem but it's a challenge because of what happened in dogecoin at the start in february he kept sending tweets about mm-hmm. dogecoin then everybody was buying doge a lot of crypto investors made a lot of money and thanks for his tweet but when when at that time he announced he will be a guest in a tv show in in the us and it surged again it went up historical high and then during the show something mentioned based on the script that contributed to the decline of the price so it's not a problem but it's a challenge because imagine the price is associated to the influencer if he says okay i'll uh, dodge going to the moon 
oh everybody thinks that he will bring dogecoin to to the moon or it will the price will go up to the moon and then if he said like using dogecoin is a bit a challenge or it needs to be developed further something like that it's negative then price will go down significantly i remember when he tweeted about he will not accept bitcoin as a payment for tesla <laughs> yeah. went down but then we have to remember the fact that he personally owned billions of bitcoin and sold at least 20% of it so it means he already profited right right so it's hard to read the mind of elon musk sometimes it pushes the the price sometimes whatever he says that's the reason why it goes down but when he announced about bitcoin he was saying it on the business side yeah it's true that uh, they announced that they will accept bitcoin for you to buy tesla but after a few months he said that their company tesla decided to put it on hold that was the word hold because of its impact in uh, the environment and then after that after a few weeks he said yes we might consider again <laughs> accepting bitcoin so imagine that's why the price like a roller coaster Yeah. And and you mentioned earlier that cryptocurrency is really volatile and you also mentioned about the fundamentals and speculative people you know. So for someone who doesn't have any background but interested to to get into crypto, how can they identify which crypto or or which coin is the safest or whether it's safe or not? All right. First, those three that I mentioned—that's mm-hmm. fundamentals: mm-hmm. the market capitalization, the adoption, and then the technology. And the other sign there is technical, the charting. There are tools that you can use even in stocks or whatever assets that you trade. You can subscribe to it, and then there are also some free tools. You have to focus on on monitoring the prices in the chart, and there is. an indicator for you to interpret whether it's the time to buy or not to sell one indicator which is my favorite is RSI or relative strength index okay this RSI it goes with the price and then it identifies whether the asset or whether the crypto is overvalued or not overvalued it is overbought or oversold so it give it indicates when is the time to buy and when is the time to sell a crypto investor must learn how to do charting also the technical side mm-hmm. because this gives you the technical part of your strategy so it's like in any type of investing it's like it's not necessarily you have to have a lot of money as long as you have a lot of knowledge absolutely you said it very well <laughs> Yes. So, you know, in Philippines right now, a lot of Filipinos and even some Filipinos that are not in Philippines, a lot of them now are interested in buying crypto, but it's there's very limited platform where you can actually actually buy crypto. So, my question is where can uh, Filipinos buy crypto? All right. In the Philippines, there are a lot of platforms available, but the most commonly used, and of course, these are big companies and the registered. It's they are legit. Disclaimer: I'm not connected in these companies, mm-hmm. but uh, it's based on the facts. One is Binance. Second is Etoro, and then there's a local player. They introduced cryptocurrency, which is uh, Coins.ph. 
And there's also a one U.S. company, which is Coinbase. Coinbase started in the Philippines, but availability of crypto is very limited. But on a weekly basis, they add. So those are the four highly or mostly used digital platforms in the Philippines. And they have another term for it as well, and they're called exchange. Because, you know, if you don't own your key, you don't own your crypto, right? So you're using exchange, right? That's why it's very safe. Yeah. There's another word that some of us doesn't understand because I remember 2018, you know, I, I bought some and then I never really understood the, the word gas money. Can you explain just, just a basic, simple way of what is a gas money? But a gas money is a charge for the consumption of electricity, basically. When you do crypto mining, it picks up a bulk of electricity because it's not a simple software. It's not a simple process. So in crypto mining, the temperature of the room should be always, you know, a certain temperature. Uh, you have to keep it in that temperature. Let's say if, if the country is so hot, you need air conditioning. So the gas money is associated with the consumption when a crypto is being mined. So this is basically a fee for having that key or having that coin. So in a simple term, it's you are being charged by gas money because of your electric consumption. Mm-hmm. So there is this term that uh, I remember Ruth told me. She said when she first encountered this, someone told her about the poodle. She said, didn't you like uh, misspelled it? Because it's, it's... Ah, okay. <laughs> the, the hoodle, right? Like the H-O-D-L. How important is it? Well, these are terms that sprung because of the cryptocurrency craze and it's good they are important because you you have a different language uh, specific to the particular industry like crypto so this is important in the sense that you understand each other like, like you, you said hodl it's a common term among crypto investors now no you don't say hold but huddle <laughs> yeah hold on dear life <laughs> hold on dear life it was actually a joke or, or there was a mistake in spelling it before and then eventually it became a, a term <laughs> yeah yeah it's like those are jargons for people within that community and if you don't know you you feel like you're missing out right so it's like you don't belong if you don't understand those words have you heard of whale <laughs> the whales yeah I've heard of that, like those who buy a lot of amount or, or the, the big players, right? Yeah, the big players are the whales. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned about like the platforms and all that. Do you see that Filipinos who's going to buy crypto or going to set foot and enter the market? Or there are just like a cluster of Filipinos who would buy that, like the millennials? Well, I can say in my experience and my encounter with our fellow Filipinos, mostly the millennials. I've been receiving comments, uh, even personal messages about crypto. They are so interested and some are into it already. They want to uh, enhance their knowledge, their uh, investment skills. And I've noticed that they are really young, you know, millennials, and that is good. So I can say that Filipinos are into it, but the younger generation. Of course, we have the the different generation, but I can say a very small percentage. But the good thing is these millennials, uh, you know, they drive the economy 
And it's good that they are into crypto because crypto is the future finance. Actually, interesting is that they're not even millennial. They even younger Gen ones. Z. Yeah. Yeah, the younger one, the after millennials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's um, there's this one YouTuber I follow her, and she's giving financial videos as well. And it's so interesting that I think we started like sixteen. It's really young. Yeah, you know, what happened was this younger generation, you know, the generation that came after millennials, it's because of Axie Infinity, the gaming. I think 40% of Axie Infinity users in the whole world are Filipinos. We are the biggest chunk and then followed by other countries like Vietnam and Latin parts. Yeah. So it's gaming. So younger people or the young ones are really into gaming and then they realize that they earn infinity and then most of them were supported by their parents like oh, okay so you you do gaming and then you earn something and in fact their parents are learning from them mm-hmm. <laughs> right and then Axie infinity is a community it got spread out to these young people and then they learned easily they are so you know willing to to learn and willing to play the game and to earn so that's why they are into it and that's a good sign i mean that's that's really really good it's all started there mm-hmm. you know uh, the funny thing about the gaming about axie i remember like maybe before axie whenever the parents see their kids playing game they get angry it's like you do nothing yes. the only thing you do is game but nowadays you know they will beat their children to play <laughs> And it's like it, it turned into a bonding moment for parents and their kids. Yeah. Exactly. And mostly the kids are better player than the parents. Yes, yes. Now that we are talking about Axie Infinity, can you tell us what is Axie Infinity? All right. I can talk about it in two perspectives. One is the gaming. Well, it's a fact that it became a big time because it was fully developed and there was a big adoption. And then when you do gaming, when you play, when you battle, when you exchange, trade, you earn some tokens like Axie or SLP, Smooth Love Potion. And then these tokens you can exchange it with crypto. At that time, there was no Axie crypto. So you can exchange it with any crypto and then sell it and then you encash it on your platform. And then a few months ago, Axie AXS crypto was born and it was now available in decentralized exchange or platforms. So that's the crypto side of AXS. If you don't want the game, you can buy the AXS crypto itself. You can buy and sell. So it gives a, a wider opportunity. You don't just play, but if you don't want to play, you don't have time, you're not into it, buy the crypto. So two things. Yeah, because yeah. I think what I've been seeing in, in the social media platforms is that where actually there are like managers and what's that, scholars? Scholars. So they're under the part of the gaming side of Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a community that you need to support one another. It would be great to actually dip into Axie because that's actually a whole episode, to be honest, yeah. uh, with the ins and out of Axie. That is a whole episode on its own. So we're just going to stick with the whole yeah. crypto right now. Like, just wanna ask this: Do you day trade as well or no? Yeah, I do. I do, <laughs> but to a certain limit because. <laughs> It's called actually swing trade. Yeah, I do a lot of swing trade. A day trader is when you buy and sell on the same day, 24 hours. But there are certain limits because some platforms allows you like only three or five times a day in a week. 
So in crypto, it's better to swing trade than day trade. No, these two are different. A swing trade can be a day trade also. A day trade is when a transaction happens within 24 hours or during the trading day. A swing trade is when you buy and then it goes up to a certain percentage of return on investment, let's say 5-6% after a couple of days or even weeks. Very short period of time, you sell it right away. So for crypto, you suggest to do swing instead of in crypto, I suggest 50-50. One is when the crypto goes, when the price of a crypto goes really deep, you buy. And then 50% of it, you keep it for long-term investment. And then the 50%, when it reaches like more than 5, 10, 20% return on investment, sell it right away. Now, on the swing trade, there is the charting that you follow, that if the price goes to this certain price, you sell right away. If it goes down to this price, you buy right away. So you follow a pattern. Now, again, to my advice, you have to have multiple strategies. You need to allot portion of your investment for medium term or long term, especially if you believe that crypto is the future. And then you have also part of your investment, which is for trading, daily trading or pursuing trades. It makes you excited. It makes you more up updated in the market. And if your strategy is right, it's, it gives you a better return. The higher the risk, the higher the return. And the scarier it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you an example. There was a time a few months ago, let's say Ethereum was 2,800. You bought it 2,800. After a few weeks, it went up to 4,000. Okay, as a short-term investor, swing trade, sell it at $4,000. And then imagine since it's highly volatile, it went down again to 3,000. So you buy back at 3,000. Now it's how much? 3,600. So you can sell at 3,600 now. So you follow a pattern, you do swing trade. And then the other one that you bought at 2.8, keep it for, for long term. Mm -hmm. Riri mentioned about crypto not having intermediaries and all that. So given that it is bankless transaction, do you think it's safer or what's the benefit of not having intermediaries? Because for example, I own a crypto and I'm going to pay someone else using a crypto. How safe is that transaction? Yeah, that's the uh, concern of the regulatory bodies and some of the conventional investors because of the lack of intermediaries. How do you regulate it? A lot of questions like what happens if it gets hacked? What happens if it can be used for money laundering? Uh, it's a fact. There are cases. The thing is, if there's no intermediary, the negative side of it, it's hard to protect the investors. Okay? If something happened, who will look into it? Who will sanction who will impose some laws or some rules. That's the problem. Unlike with intermediaries, the government or regulatory body has someone to chase or to file a case, for example. Yeah. But the difference with decentralized, as I've said, it's in a blockchain and it's encrypted and it's highly secure and it's legal. Mm -hmm. And that's why you really have to do your due diligence because I know there's, right. I, I can't remember the name of, of this crypto or, or this token, wherein I think it's related to USDT. It's Ripple, XRP. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's this like a transaction. I think it's an app or I'm not really sure because I'm not really on the tech side of crypto, but it's a tether something where people would buy and all that, do the transactions. And then after a few days, it went offline. 
So people, who, those who put money in it lost a lot of money and no one can really go after the person who did that. I mean, that's the side of it, but you really have to do your due diligence to, to make sure that what you're putting your money into is really legal or will, will help you make profit and not lose your money. That's true, Ruth. It's a fact what you have said. It really happened. And in that scenario, it was so difficult for any government to, let's say, chase or file a case or whoever because it's decentralized. And it happened. It may happen. So the thing is, if you really want to invest in this, don't put all your money on it. Don't put you know, all your hard-earned money on it. If you are still skeptical, you're not 100% sure, and yet you want to try it, just put a portion of your money just to have an experience in investing on it. Because when you invest on it, you will learn as you go on. Just put a money that you are willing to lose. Yeah. Right? You don't put all your savings. You don't put all your, your assets there. You don't put all your money in that investment because it's high risk. Unless you are 100% believer. But if you're a bit skeptical, but you want to try it, just put a portion of your money that you are willing to lose. If you lose... Well, you accept it. And if it multiplies a hundred times, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I was buying some crypto, I, I thought, you know, this is like, because I just want to test like what you're saying. Just want to test and have, I just want to have a feeling of what it's like. Mm. Right. So I thought, okay, I will put this money. It's a money I don't really need. So there's only two things that will happen or what that I will feel later on. Both of them I will regret because one, I regret that I bought. Second, I regret that I did not buy enough. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You said it very right, Irene. I mean, that's a really, really good insight. It should be that way. So now uh, moving forward, I've, I've seen a lot of this word lately, but it's not really a new word anyway, to be honest, in the crypto world. The staking. What is staking crypto means? Right. It's a new service among crypto developers. In fact, Axie Infinity launched it like more than 10 days ago. That's why its price shoot up. Staking simply means you store your crypto on the wallet for a period of time, and then they will reward you. They will give you like interest, not interest, but they will reward you. Okay? So it's like when you save your money in a bank, they will give you how much? 1% per annum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's from the context of, you know, you save your, your money with us, we'll give you 1% per annum. You're lucky if you get 1.5 or 2% or 3%. Now, staking is another term in crypto world, as you said. You keep your, your crypto there for a certain period of time. Axie Infinity, you can keep it for five and a half years, and then they're going to reward you every year. And Solana do the same thing. Yeah, so everybody follows because it attracts the investors. So this is good for long-term investors. There are people who have mindset of uh, long-term. They don't want the daily trading. They don't want the daily monitoring. Uh, okay, I'll keep my money, and then I'll just monitor once in a while and put it there. So put your Axie Infinity, let's say you have 100 coins. Keep it there for some time, three years, up to five years, or up to five and a half, and see what Axie Infinity will reward you. But the thing is, they guaranteed that you will have a reward. Mm -hmm. That's really good for, like what you said, for the long-term investors. And personally, I am more of that 
I don't I don't really like to keep on looking at what the, the thing if it's yeah. up and down up and down. it's it's stressful to be honest especially if you're new in the platform and you know with the crypto it's mm. scary to see your money is going up and down yeah. but then if you set your mindset that you just want to put something there and leave it and check it like what you said yeah. once a year twice whatever well if i may add something now a lot of cryptos or even the it's called dex the decentralized exchange are offering a uh, staking okay you keep your money your crypto there they promise Normally, they promise between 3.5 to 5% percentage APR, annualized. So they're going to give you 4% returns per annum. That's better than putting the money in the bank for the 1%. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Which, yeah, but, four times better. Mm-hmm. Can I loan out or borrow out my crypto? There are exchanges that are offering loans. For the crypto for a certain percentage what what example that you know these are new i think if somebody wants to loan you can loan this crypto and then in return uh, you pay a certain amount of interest so just like loaning in a bank clover finance its symbol is clv they do that so there you can loan out your crypto yeah yeah also fetch.ai they do that yeah Th- those two is there a collateral that's the good thing there's no collateral <laughs> you just Take a loan, then you pay them through interest. That's good. Oh, maybe that's the reason why some of the people in the crypto world are interested to do that because there's no collateral. And like, if we're gonna get a loan yeah. from the bank, you know, the process is yes. really difficult. So now let's move to the misconceptions. A lot of people are afraid to enter and join this, you know, revolution because they feel that cryptos are complicated. It's overwhelming. What's your thought on that? Yes, it's true. Uh, whatever is new in the market, especially if it is technology, for others, it's really complicated. Whatever is something new, it makes complicated because one is, I said, it's new. And second, it's something that not 100% adopted by in- investors. It's complicated because some sectors are saying it's illegal. Some mm-hmm. sectors are saying, no, let's take a look on it. In fact, there are 60 central banks globally that are studying crypto or may consider launching their own uh, cryptocurrency or whatever. And there are those who love it. So that's what makes it complicated. So when people read it, when they see it in the news, when they read it elsewhere, there's so many facts or, mm-hmm. or statements that, are, that they need to digest. So it becomes complicated. And the second, it's complicated because it's technology-driven and the process itself to make one crypto is complicated by itself <laughs> so it's hard to understand but for younger generation it's the, I'm, I'm sure they, they know these things and they fully understand and lastly what makes it complicated is because nobody knows what's going to happen in the future the direction is quite like there's a gray area because one time you'll wake up china banned all crypto Right? They banned the crypto. First, they banned the crypto mining. And then they banned the crypto. They said crypto is illegal. And then you wake up, China introduced digital yuan, which can be considered crypto. So how come you're saying that the existing cryptos are illegal and yours is legal? So it makes things complicated. Yeah. Another misconception which I also to mention is that cryptos are for illegal and criminal dealing. Okay, because of some cases that happened in some countries that uh, since 
there's no intermediary. Those who are doing illegal can exchange this, you know, from peer to peer, crypto from one crypto. Whenever they do illegal things, they can pay them in crypto. And it's a fact. It's all over the news. There are countries that, you know, trying to uh, chase them, trying to go after them. And uh, mm. it's being used. That is money laundering, no? crypto, crypto laundering, you can see yeah. that. It's hard to monitor that. But my stake, what I can say on this issue is, even with fiat currency, fiat money, there is money laundering, mm-hmm. right? Money laundering is still happening. So there's no perfect model, but I'm sure the regulators are doing their best in order to protect the investors. What I'm saying is, they're saying that crypto is illegal, it's being used for illegal things. How come in the Pandora box, it was released? Like last week, those prominent people, government officials, they have offshore banks. They have illegal monies elsewhere. And these are fiat currencies. How come? And they have regulated that for decades. You remember the Panama paper a few yeah, years back yeah, yeah. where a lot of our politicians were there. Mm-hmm. And now here comes Pandora box. They revealed hundreds of billionaires, politicians, personalities, businessmen who have offshore accounts which are, you know, some are illegal. And these are movements of money. But the thing is, the banking system is regulated. How come it's happening? Yeah, that's a good point. So the point is like, it doesn't matter if it's crypto or fiat money, bad people will still find a way to take advantage of it. Exactly. But if crypto will be regulated, I think that is an added value to crypto world crypto industry if they will regulate it so be it because that will add credibility to any cryptocurrency if they re- will regulate it better so how they will regulate it i think as i mentioned 60 central banks in different countries are trying to figure out how to regulate it if that happens that is an added value to crypto or any cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. so our last misconception by people is that cryptos are scam because the scam is the scammer the crypto is being used as a scam. It may be the, the platform or the centralized exchange is a scam. It could be. So you have to be very careful in selecting your decentralized exchange or your platform. The scam is not the crypto. It's the platform. or It's someone else who's doing the scam. For example, ABC company now offers, oh, you can buy, you can trade crypto. What is ABC company? So it could be a fly-by-night company. And that's why... It's really important for us to really understand before putting our money into something, you know, learn and at least know the basics. And if you don't know it, ask people who are already involved in it or has been doing that for a long time. So you would understand. Absolutely. This is really a good conversation and I'm thankful that you make it really digestible and understandable for people (laughs) who don't have or don't have background or understanding crypto. So we're now in the closing part of this episode. I want to ask you what is your, or if you have tips in terms of security in getting into crypto. Final tips. I know you've already said a lot of good nuggets in there earlier, but you know, final or additional tips for the crypto security. Just always go for the things that I've said. Go for the top 10 or the top 20. And you must have the basis, like the market capitalization, how big is the crypto? Second is the adoption, how many decentralized exchange or markets or platforms are using it? And 
are they available in uh, so many uh, I, I mean uh, industries that adopted the crypto and of course the technology is it easy or buy or is the transaction seamless so that's the thing and then on the other hand you do also the technical side mm-hmm. the technical side is check the charts of the price historical prices like for example bitcoin bitcoin could be up and down for example it's roller coaster but what is the general trend you have to look on the general trend influencers are also i can say an indicator so be careful in uh, who, who who you should follow yeah. in terms of uh, crypto influencer so those are the basic tips and then of course learn ins and outs read 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 watch and then most importantly you have to try it amount is not an issue i mean you, you can allot something that you can raise or you can lose and like irene you said it very well if you have let's say 50 bucks or 20 20 10 it doesn't matter as long as you try it and then have an experience on it yes that's that's really really good tips for everyone who wants to actually join the crypto world yeah by the way Let me share with you a good website where you can track the market capitalization of mm-hmm. the crypto. It's a coin market cap. Yeah, that's a really good one because every time you click the the currency that you want to study, they have all the information, the news and everything in it. So now we are at the end and so you mentioned earlier that you have a YouTube channel. What is your YouTube channel? All right. Let me plug my money views by Rodel YouTube. Please subscribe. <laughs> I have some contents about cryptocurrencies there. This is my platform for my advocacy on financial literacy. At the start, I was aiming to, you know, share my knowledge among Filipinos, especially who are in abroad, teach them on financial investments like stock market, cryptocurrency, and savings. More, most importantly, you know, Irene and Ruth. In my job in the financial industry. I've met a lot of migrant workers in different countries. I've handled several markets, several countries, several regions. And during our encounter with Filipino migrant workers, and not only Filipino migrant workers, even other nationalities, I've noticed that I have observed that they have very limited knowledge about financial investments. So I thought of having this platform, Manibus Berodel, you know, just to share the world about financial investments basics and other things and the value of having savings and investments and i even have a content about net worth net worth is so important you may have a lot of assets but if you have a lot of liabilities then you are zero that's one of the learnings in the pandemic unfortunately a lot of people got impacted and they just realized wow i have so much material wealth I have so much assets but with this pandemic everything has gone why because of liabilities so th- those things one of the things i, I thought of uh, during the course of uh, the, you know building my platform i thought of the kids like i want to see how kids think about savings and i'd like to interview random kids from different countries like like we're just talking i was talking about more on the savings part and their money when they go to school how do they spend it do they save in a piggy bank and those things and why do they save and so many crazy things come out <laughs> <laughs> but it's good thing to like have these kids 
involved in that conversation because we really have to be financially literate to be able to manage our money, you know. And, and it's really good to start them young. Right, right. And it's like we can learn from this kid. So as adults, and actually I, I saw a meme, like, so how society be like? If, if you see a, a video about how to buy index funds or how stock market basics or crypto 101, the views would not reach hundreds. But if you compare it to videos of billionaires morning routine or how to be like a billionaire, and you would see millions of views. So it's like there are a lot of knowledge or source of information out there. It's just a matter of really choosing the right one to learn from. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, there you have it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Sir Dan. That was a really awesome conversation. Yes, for really giving your insight and your experience and sharing the knowledge. It's a pleasure. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Sir Dan. So follow his uh, YouTube channel, Money Views by Rodel. And so this is, once again, the latest episode of Where the F. Am I heading? And this is Ruth. And this is Irene. Bye. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in anything and everything about adulting, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at where.the.f.m.i.heading. Catch us again next Wednesday for another episode of Where the F Am I Heading? <laughs>